Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Ricardo Ball in for Smithy, and uh, we are going to be doing a panel with Sam Ackerman and Jero Cronin later in the hour, but time now to talk the NRL final series. It gets underway tonight with the Panthers taking on the Eels and joining us to talk about this is Nick Campton from ABC Sport. G'day, Nick. How are you? I'm good, Ricardo. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, uh, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Um, Tonight's game uh, is an intriguing one. I I guess uh, there's a few questions, one of which, how seamlessly do you think Nathan Cleary will uh, slip back into that Panthers lineup, given he's uh, been on the sidelines for so long? I'm expecting him to drop in pretty pretty seamlessly. I'm not expecting Cleary to come in with, with much rust. He's played together with, these, with all these guys for a good three or four years. Now their combinations are all really set. I'm expecting him to come back and, and, and pretty much be, be straight back to his best. I don't think there'll be much of an adjustment period at all, you know. So that might not be great news for Parramatta, but... Um, yeah, I'm expecting to see the best in Nathan Cleary tonight. Yeah, what about Tylan May? He's uh, he's been a story, hasn't he? Um, I'll tell you, there's a there's a few blokes who have uh, fronted up at the NRL judiciary who can't play this weekend, um, but you get convicted in court and you're you're fine. I've got to tell you, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Tylan May's playing this weekend. I I could completely understand if the NRL waited to hand down the suspension until after the season, then they would have got the same effect that they're getting now, where he'd be able to play in the big games while avoiding this publicity firestorm. But essentially what they said is, you know, he, he can play he, he can play in the games that matter, but those first two games next year, they don't really matter. So the suspension could wait until then. I think it's, it is absolutely boneheaded. It's a huge double standard. And, it, and you're right, it's a real slap in the face to players who have missed suspension, who have missed finals for on-field acts in the past, you know. Like, the NRL seem to make things up as they go along a lot of the time with a lot of their policies. And... To me, this is another example of that. If I was a Parramatta fan, I'd be absolutely filthy. Yeah, I may. I mean, you know, if you were um, Lindsay Collins, you'd be absolutely filthy, probably. If you and you know the Roosters as well. But um, Para, from their point of view, I mean, knocked over the Panthers twice this year. Um, they've got to be pretty confident going into this game, don't they? I think they will. I think they will because it's not just this year. Ever since Penrith sort of went to this level they're at now, um, in back in twenty twenty. Parramatta are the only team when both sides have been fully fit. They're the only team that have run have run Penrith close every single time. You know they were the only team to beat them in the regular season in 2020. Last year in the finals, Penrith did beat them in in that in that uh, knockout semi, but it was a two point win. It was really really close. And then of course we have Parramatta's two wins early this year. You know, I, I'm, if you believe in if you believe in hoodoos or bogey teams or anything like that, Parramatta is, is the best option you've got for a team that can take down Penrith. You know, and 
Parramatta, they do have a problem stringing together really strong performances, but quite often they're able to, to really lift their standard and lift their intensity for the big games, and it doesn't get any bigger than this. You know, Western Sydney rivals a sold-out stadium. But I think if there's a team that can beat Penrith in these circumstances, it's, it's Parramatta. And, of course, there's the... Have you, have you heard the story of the eel whisperer, Nick? <laughs> I can't. I can't say I have, Ricardo. I must have missed that one. Well, Andrew Voss is the eel whisperer. He has called Parramatta ten times this season. They have won every time, and he is calling the game tonight. Is that a self-appointed nickname for Vossi, or...? I, well, I think it's one that we gave him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. It's a very... Um, oh, he's got a, he, someone's got to tell him about this. That's an extremely Andrew Voss-type stat. You know, he's uh, one of rugby league's great train spotters, but... Look, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough. Like a lot of the time, a lot of the time, the finals, it's about, it's about the best team and who plays better and all that as well. But it's about who believes they can win, you know. And maybe maybe little superstitions and crazy little runs and quirks of statistics, maybe they give people the belief they need, you know. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not uh, underestimating the powers of the eel whisperer. Yeah, the eel whisperer, mate, is is to be feared. To be feared. Uh, of course, there there are three other games that we should talk as well. Um, the Storm and the Raiders on Saturday. This one really interests me. The Storm have have been off this season. They haven't been typical Storm. Uh, they've lost games you would have expected the Storm in, in other years to win, and it feels like maybe this is the last year we see the Storm where they are with Kalfusi, the Bromwich brothers and the Cheese all heading off next season. Their forward pack's going to be decimated. And the Raiders, they go to Amy Park having won their last four visits there. I mean, the the Raiders are, I don't know if they're a smoky for the title, but they're certainly, I I would say, uh, odds on to to be, uh, to, to, you know, sideline Ballyake and, and his boys for the season on Saturday. I, th- I think they're a really big chance, the Raiders, especially if Jerome Hughes doesn't play. Um, he was out last week. He's under a bit of a fitness clout this week. And that sort of tells you the story of Melbourne this year. I think fully fit, they've still got a really good side. They've still got a side that can challenge for the title. But just with the way the roster's built, if they lose one or two of their key guys, all of a sudden things start to, to, to really fall apart, you know. And you could see that once Ryan Pappenhausen went down. That was when their season really sort of fell apart a little bit. And... They still have so much talent with guys like Harry Grant and Brandon Smith and Cameron Munster and all that, but the, the, the sort of middle-tier guys, the, the unsung heroes uh, that Melbourne have had in the past, they don't really have those sorts of players around at the moment, you know? And I really like, I really like Canberra's forward pack. I think they'll be able to attack Melbourne through the middle. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I can definitely see a, a, a Raiders upset. I'm, I'm not sure if they'll go on and win the title or anything like that, but... Taking on Melbourne in Melbourne is a really scary task for a lot of teams, but but not for Canberra. Not for Canberra. For some reason, they've managed to crack the code down there. They're, they're the only team other than Melbourne with a winning record in Amy Park. There are teams like South Sydney who haven't won in Melbourne in 25 years, you know, but Canberra just seemed to find a way to get it done. And the, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I think Canberra's going to add another win at Amy Park to the list. There are things that Ricky Stewart gets his team to do that other teams don't do. I remember seeing a couple of years ago, uh, you know, Melbourne with the back three that they had then was so explosive. When you kicked the ball away on on tackle five, it was when they were at their most dangerous. Uh, And Canberra went there and they just, they deliberately kicked the ball into touch behind the defensive line so that 
you know, Slater and co didn't have the opportunity to do any broken field running and then they would basically box them in that corner and that's that's how they won that game and that was just very clever t- uh, tactics from, from Ricky Stewart. So I think you know, he, he cops a lot of stick, Ricky Stewart, and, and rightly so sometimes, but I don't think you can underestimate just how clever a tactician he is. That's right, that's right. And the thing with Ricky is those those sort of tactical master strokes often show up at the most uh, at the most unorthodox times. You know, like I know everyone sees him yelling and screaming on the sideline and getting emotional and, you know, saying things in press conferences and all that, but he's a he's he's been coaching for a really long time. Craig Bellamy and Wayne Bennett are the only coaches who have been in first grade longer than Ricky Stewart has, you know. And when you're around that long, you've got a deep bag of tricks, and Ricky only goes to that bag of tricks when he really, really needs to. And this is the kind of time when he really, really needs to. So it wouldn't surprise me if Canberra pull out some sort of tactical move or some play or, or something unorthodox, something that they haven't really used this season and, and, and tried on now. Because in the finals, that's kind of what you have to do. And even though they do have the good record at Amy Park, Melbourne is still really strong down there, and Canberra might need something special. So I could definitely see Ricky going to uh, going to a playbook that only he knows about uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. Uh, the other game on Saturday night is the Sharks taking on the Cowboys. I, I've said for the last. Well, a couple of months really that the Sharks seem to be flying under everybody's radar. You talk about finals footy, you talk about grand finals. Nobody seems to be talking about Craig Fitzgibbon, and probably the Cowboys aren't far off that. You got two young coaches um, who are doing really, really good things, and uh, you know this is probably the hardest match to pick. I think. I, I would agree. I would agree. It's funny, you know, the Sharks have won eleven of their last twelve. Right, the Cowboys haven't been lower than third since April, but. I, I, I agree. It feels like everybody's kind of writing them off. Everybody's talking about Penrith, of course, but Parramatta seem to be the team that everybody is, is thinking can challenge the Panthers, and then everybody's talking about Souths and the Roosters and, and, and Melbourne and Canberra a little bit, and no one's talking about the Sharks and the Cowboys, when really, other than Penrith, they've been the two most consistent teams this year. You know, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if the winner of this Cowboys-Sharks game ends up making the grand final, you know, because if the Cowboys win, it means they get a home prelim, they're fantastic in the finals at home. They've never lost a finals game in North Queensland. And if Cronulla win and get the week off and have a chance to reload and get to sort of that precipice of the grand final, I think they get it done, you know. And I've been really tossing this one up all week because I don't think either team has come into the semis in, in, in especially great form. You know, the Cowboys haven't had their best team on the field in a while, except for last week when they took on a depleted Penrith. So who knows you can, how much you can really take out of that. And while the Sharks are riding a really heavy win streak into the into the finals, I think they've kind of been waiting for the finals to get here for the last couple of weeks. I don't feel I, I feel like they've sort of just been going through the motions, doing enough to get, to get by, and now the finals are here and it's time to kick up another gear. I'm probably leaning the Cowboys just a little bit. I just think their forward pack is a little bit stronger, but they're they're a, they're, they're, they're a different beast when they're not playing in North Queensland. Their record in Sydney this year against good teams isn't the best. It's not what they would want it to be. And it will be a big advantage to the Sharks playing at Shark Park, even though, you know, the crowd will be, will be capped at 11,500. But it'll be 11,500 black, white and blue screamers. So I'm taking the Cowboys in a really, really tight one. But it wouldn't surprise me if we come away from that game. And everyone, everyone's a little bit surprised by the quality. Everybody's 
sort of like, oh, wow, we really we did underestimate these two. These are two real uh, premiership calibre teams. Yeah, looking forward to that game, mate, and looking forward to Sunday as well. We uh, got a double dose. They met last week in the final round, Robin. They meet this week uh, in a match that really matters, knockout. Uh, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, two rivals who really don't like each other. The Rabbitohs have got Damien Cook back. Campbell Graham, be interesting to see how fit he is. But for the uh, Roosters, no Joey Manu. How big a loss is that? He's massive. He, he's a massive loss. It's it's not just that he's one of the best attacking centres in the league. Like we've all seen him, we all know exactly how good he is. He's but he's the kind of player who takes a good Roosters attack and, and kind of and kind of makes it great. You know, and he does that by not just doing all the things that centres do well. You know, like setting up his winger and making breaks and all that. He can bob up all over the field. He can make plays that no other centre can make. You know, with his with a flip pass or with his footwork or catching a kick or putting in a kick or something like this. I don't think there's another centre in the entire league that has his arsenal of, of attacking weapons, you know. So losing him is, 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 a, really, is a really big blow for the Roosters. I, but I, I see this one being really, really evenly poised. You know, I think it's looking like Cam Murray's going to play for the Rabbitohs, and that, that's massive because without him, I don't think they'd be able to beat the Roosters. When he's not there, South just can't move the ball as well from side to side. And if South can't move the ball from side to side all their glistening attack with Cody Walker and Trell Mitchell and all that, all of that kind of falls flat. You know, so if he's playing, this is a genuine contest. This is a, this is a, this is a coin flip. And I probably, I probably lean the Roosters, but it's, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not making that pick with any confidence. <laughs> what about uh, with the loss of Manu, Joseph Suwali? There's been a lot of talk from his camp about wanting the Roosters to move to Desco on because he's a fullback, etc. Uh, but he's a big body, he's, he's a similar type of player, explosive to Joey Manu. He's been named on the wing, but can you see him potentially taking that three spot and Momorowski actually lining up on the wing come game day? Possibly, possibly. But I, I actually think he can better serve the team on the wing right now because the, the thing that's really stood out to me about Joe Suwali this year, like, you know, the, 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 the tries have been great and going up and catching bombs like he's Israel Faleo and that's all been fantastic. But I actually love his work out of the backfield. I love his work, you know, on play one or play two and really helping to drive the Roosters up the field with his, with his tough carries out of his own end. And that's just a little bit harder to do if you're playing in the centres than if you're on the wing. You know, so I, I could definitely see them moving, moving Suwali there. He's, he's good enough. He can probably play anywhere in the back line. But... For this particular game, I'd probably I'd probably keep him on the wing just just to kind of minimise disruption as well. You know, like he is he's still a he is still a very young man. He is still relatively inexperienced in first grade. I wouldn't want to throw him into a position that he's never played in first grade before in a sudden death semi final. You know, he's he's been great all the week. He's been great on the wing all year. That's been a real strength of the Roosters. I wouldn't weaken a strength to strengthen a weakness if you get what I'm saying. Yep, no, 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 no point in shuffling the chairs on the uh, deck chairs on the Titanic, right? I, I, I get where you're coming from there, Nick. All right, well, listen, mate. Before we let you go, uh, have a have a have a look into that crystal ball of yours, and tell us who is going to be the grand final winner in the NRL for 2022. Oh God, I hate to be I hate to be boring and blasé and all that, but it's got to be the Panthers, doesn't it? Like. How, like, how can you go past them? How can you go past them? They've sort of just been, they've kind of just been sitting there. They've kind of just been idling. Like, you know, the engine hasn't quite turned over yet while they're waiting for Cleary to come back. But he's back now. They're fully loaded. They've got a little bit, they've got a little bit of extra motivation with Cleary coming back. They can, they can sort of do a little bit of the us against the world type thing that 
that really drives a lot of teams and it's a motivation that's much harder to find when you're as good as they've been and you have been that good for that long because it's hard to say nobody believes in you when everybody believes in you. But they've just got that little bit of extra fire now, you know, and I think they beat Parra tonight. I think they win the prelim and I, I, I think they take on the grand finals. Well, it won't be easy. It won't be a walkover. It won't be the sort of thing where they win all three games by 40, but they're still a class of the NRL, in my opinion. And a worthy challenger might come up, but I, I, I see Penrith going back to back. Good stuff, mate. Thanks very much for coming on, Nick. Enjoy your footy this weekend, and we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? Absolutely, mate. Thanks for having me. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.